Football at Four, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. Every Monday and Wednesday, Jeff Mosher joins the show. Talk Eagles and NFL. Yo, Hunter, we got to figure out what's going on with these wide receivers. Marquis Goodwin opts out. What do we do? What happens with this team? Jason Avon is apparently assisting, so should we even get excited? Should we care? Should we not? All that and more right now. Jeff Moser joins us on the boardwalk on the hotline here on 97.3 ESPN. Jeff, how you doing today? Hey, Josh. Hey, Hunter. Hope you guys are having a great day. Um, well, thank you. Good to be on with both of you. Well, I appreciate you jumping on. I think the top of the thing conversation is story that came out yesterday. We couldn't get to it yesterday, but today we want to get your input on Marquis Goodwin opts out. Now, we knew that he wasn't a sure thing to make the roster because of his contract and the optionality it gave the Eagles there, but it's definitely a, a curveball, I think, that they could have done without. Well, certainly. I don't think it was a sure thing that Mark Goodwin would make the roster, but if you start doing the number count and project about six wide receivers on a 53-man, and you look at the overall group of wide receivers that the Eagles have, and when you start using the word veteran, it begins and kind of ends with Deshaun Jackson for as long as Alshon Jeffrey is on PUP. So I do think there was a very good shot, given that they traded for him. He has the speed that they've been looking for, and that rookies in general, and especially this year, are going to be question marks. Don't know how quickly they're going to be able to adapt. Marquise Goodwin is a veteran. He has speed. He's never been a Pro Bowl receiver or even a possession receiver, but in the event that Deshaun Jackson were to get hurt or miss games, which he tends to do, you would have had Marquise Goodwin as that guy who could step into the Z spot, provide that same kind of vertical threat, even if you're not throwing the ball to him a lot. It's almost like that poor man's Torrey Smith role in 2017 where you're at least creating a vertical threat that safeties have to respect, and that opens up the field for your tight ends and your interior passing game. So I think he would have made the team. Now, what happens is the pressure, as it has been for a while and continues to be, is on guys like Jalen Rager and then some of the rookies and other kids that they have, uh, like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, to really develop and develop quickly. Do you think that this changes Doug's offensive game plan by any means, or is it more plug and play when it comes to that position that he would fill? Well, Hunter, that's a great question. I mean, I think Doug is smart enough to know that you you go in with plan A, but you also need plan B and plan C. So for as long as Deshaun Jackson is healthy and able to play that Z spot and able to give this team that vertical dimension, he's going to want to get the ball down the field. Carson Wentz is going to want to push the ball down the field, and Doug is going to want to give him that ability to do so. Uh, if Deshaun were to get hurt – and then your real only explosive threats are these rookies, and you know we don't know exactly how acclimated they'll be able to get. Then, of course, I think Doug's going to have to go back to the drawing board and kind of take a page from out of last December when you lean a little bit more on the running game or throwing. I mean, he throws – the tight end is always a, a weapon in Doug's offense because he has two really good tight ends, and they're always going to be there. But clearly you saw what Doug had to do last year with some plug-and-play wide receivers and relying a lot on those tight ends and Miles Sanders to really move and Boston Scott to move the chains both through the ground and the air. And that's something he would probably have to do 
if this wide receiver group is banged up or if Deshaun's banged up. And, and you know, does he want to do it? No, but he, he's had to do it before. Does the Marquis Goodwin opt-out mean anything short-term or long-term for the rookies Quez Watkins and John Hightower? Well, it, it sort of does in that I think it opens up the door for them to get a roster spot now that he's not there. Again, I think Goodwin would have made the team unless he was just completely terrible in camp or unless all the rookies were just so good uh, that you, you couldn't find a spot for Goodwin. But I think he would have made the team. Now that he's not, you do the numbers. Again, you're keeping probably six receivers, maybe five, but probably six. You're starting with Deshaun Jackson, one. You're starting with Jalen Rager, two. And very, very likely you're going to have J.J. Um, Ortega Whiteside is three. Greg Ward is probably your only slot receiver at four. So now you're looking at two more spots without Alshon Jeffrey being active. And certainly the two guys who are going to come to mind first are Quez, are John Hightower and Quez Watkins. Now, I, I think that there's room here, and it wouldn't surprise me in light of Marquise Goodwin opting out, if Howie doesn't go out there and look for a veteran wide receiver. There are some names out there. Uh, you know, Taylor Gabriel is a guy who has some quickness and has played in the Bears offense, so he, he knows the Eagles offense. It wouldn't surprise me if between now and maybe the start of the real practices or even sooner than that, if Howie decided to, you know, bring in a guy like that on a one-year veteran deal. How, concern, how concerned should these teams be seeing all of the players opting out around the league? Or I guess really it's how concerned should the league be? Well, fairly, it's, it's, I think it varies. You know, I mean, certainly Marquise Goodwin opting out hurts the Eagles. Um, is it debilitating? No. You look at the New England Patriots, they had several players opt out, including Dante Hightower. So it's going to impact them more so than a team that has maybe one or two players who are fringe players opting out. The New York Giants, I believe, just were informed today that Nate Solder is opting out. And that's an interesting one because you can say, man, that's a, that's a tough loss because he's a starting offensive lineman, but he hasn't been a very good offensive lineman for the Giants. But nonetheless, you don't want to lose offensive linemen uh, as the Eagles know, this early in camp, you know, no matter what uh, caliber they are, because offensive line play is not very good in general in the NFL. So if you have one that can at least compete and play for you, you don't want to have to lose them to an opt-out, uh, although you obviously respect the decision. I'm just saying that that hurts a team like the Giants, who are already in the midst of a lot of head coaching and scheme change. Jeff Mosher joining us here on the Boardwalk on the Hotline on 97.3 ESPN. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Jeff Mosher NFL Inside the Birds podcast as well as InsideTheBirds.com here on Football at 4 and 97.3 ESPN. Uh, the other interesting news today with the wide receivers, Jeff, was Jason Avant. He is apparently going to be part of camp and as a coach for the wide receivers. So what are your thoughts on Avant and his knowledge of the game being brought into the Eagles facility for the receivers. Yeah, I think it's it's a great resource to have. Um, they've brought back former players before for I believe it's the Bill Walsh diversity uh, internship program. Um, it's always good to see guys who are good at their position come back and spread their knowledge. Jason has been local. Um, we've had him on it on our Inside the Birds live shows before, and he's really good at explaining scheme and explaining routes and explain, teaching the game. You know, Jason Avant is known for being a slot receiver who probably had 
the best set of hands on a team, on an offense that included Jeremy Macklin, Brent Selleck, and Deshaun Jackson, and was setting records uh, in the late 2000, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008 for points um, when they had Donovan and then on to Michael Vick. So he had a great set of hands. I don't know if that's something that's teachable to guys like Rager and Hightower and Watkins. I mean, I think some of that is just how, how not just God-given, but how hard he worked at his craft and knowing that he was not an elite speed outside receiver, that was going to be how he makes his money. So I'm sure he can give some guys some, you know, tips, techniques on things that he did to have a great set of hands, but I don't know if that's kind of a, an osmosis thing where all of a sudden guys who have struggled with drops are going to learn how to better secure the ball because they're getting coached by Jason Avant, but certainly Avant's knowledge and uh, his ability to, you know, teach guys on how he stacked cornerbacks and worked defenders on the inside can certainly help. Well, it looks like we have a little bit of breaking news as Mike Garofolo is tweeting out that Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson has been placed on the COVID-19 list, which means he either tested positive or is in quarantine after close contact with somebody else who tested positive. So now you're seeing the Eagles have to work around this situation and make sure whoever was around Lane Johnson is okay. And you think about the offensive line as a whole, is it going to spread to offensive line? I mean, now you have the Eagles dealing with this in-house. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I don't know how Wade got it, so I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. But I am going to be very firm on something I said about a week or two ago that I think fairly applies, and that's Lane Johnson uh, and Duke Manyweather put together this offensive line summit down in uh, the Dallas area, I think two weekends ago, and there were about 50 offensive linemen there. And, um, you know, they said they were going to be precaution, but it was indoors at a hotel in Plano, Texas, or Frisco, one of those uh, towns north of uh, Dallas, that's suburban. Um, there were a lot of offensive linemen there. At first, when I saw videos come out, it looked like there were a decent amount of safety precautions taken, but as the days went by, I noticed that there were guys there not wearing masks. They were all, you know, obviously a lot of them were traveling in from certain areas, and uh, there was like a wing eating contest, I believe, where I read about that guys were shoulder to shoulder. And uh, as as I said at the time, even if you're taking precautions, which I don't know if they took enough, but even if you are, you are doing this at a time in which your your players association doctor is telling people in the of their players not to do workouts, not to combine, not to get together, to stay separate a week or two before camp. Not only for health and safety measures, but because they're fighting tooth and nail with owners on enhanced health and safety protocols. And it looks very hypocritical for the Players Association to be fighting for these things and demanding X, Y, and Z from NFL owners when their own players are already doing things that the NFLPA is urging them not to do. So Lane coming down with COVID, I don't know if it's from that, that offensive line summit that he had, but certainly it leaves him open to criticism for doing that at the, you know, at the, um, opposite words from his own players association now on the other side of this my question for you jeff is doesn't this validate the whole setup of testing these guys and not letting them in the boat with everybody else before they've cleared the covid test because we've seen how that worked with the nba and the nhl they had a cluster of tests at the very beginning and then as the weeks went on they cleared the virus out of everybody's arenas and buildings and systems 
so that everybody could play. So isn't this also kind of a good thing that they caught somebody with it like Lane Johnson before he mingled with the rest of the team? I mean, yes, Josh. I mean, that is a, uh, a truth. But I would say at this stage of the game, if they weren't doing that, they were being negligent. I mean, should we be congratulating the, the league, the players, the owners for – testing in advance when it's pretty obvious that that's what you needed to do before you got everybody inside your facilities anyway. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm a, but to me, that's, that's a no-brainer. Well, it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles just put out a statement. Nate Gary also on the list and Jordan Maialata. So you are starting to see a little bit more of a snowball effect with this team. I mean, that's the starting linebacker, right, at this point, and another offensive line. Yep. Yeah, and an important Nate, you know, Jordan Mailata, who's had different health issues in the past. This was supposed to be a very, very big camp for him, and this time is not going to be good. So you have to hope that, well, first of all, the format, as Josh was just alluding to, works in the favor, right? Because they're not really going to be doing a whole lot of team activity stuff for another two, two and a half weeks. It's, it's strength training now until they really get into the heart of it. So, what you have to hope is that in cases like Lane and Jordan and Nate Gary, that these are more of the, and I don't know, I haven't seen you guys are reading it to me. I don't know if they're asymptomatic. I don't know if they knew about it or not. You just have to hope. Well, yeah, a, it, just to be clear, clear, it says here they either tested positive or they have been in close contact with an infected person. So you don't really know if they right. actually have it or not. Correct. So ho- hopefully for the Eagles and their sake, it's a quick fix. It's a short thing. They get healthy and they're fine. Or they, you know, they pass enough tests in a quick manner and can continue strength training. And you hope it's not like a Freddie Freeman situation in baseball or, or you know, others who have been stricken and, and you know gotten sick and really have some stories to tell about it. Jeff, a question we had earlier specifically about the the COVID issue is also that you know with Marquis going opting out today, we saw a guy like Nick Markakis opting back in to play baseball. And that was part of their agreement. So is there a possibility of NFL players, once they opted out, to also opt back in, to your knowledge? Josh, I'll look into that, but I was under the impression that if you opt out, you opt out for good. I don't think in the NFL you can opt in, you know, X X amount of days into the season after you take the – Opt out stipend, right? So I'll look into it next time we, we speak. I'll have a clearer answer on that. But I was pretty much under the impression that it's a one time decision only. Yeah, because I, I want to get your insight because I know you're also the co host of the Powder Blue podcast. Because for a player to opt back in, doesn't that feel. I have mixed feelings about that because if if a guy like Marquise Goodwin, I mean, he's obviously opting out for a very specific reason. And now you see three Eagle players you know, fall into the COVID list if someone did opt out. I just don't know how a guy could get up to speed football-wise to opt back anyway. I feel like baseball and football are just two extremely different sports in that matter. Yeah, you're, 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 you're on the right track with that. I think, I think that's fair. I mean, it's been done. Guys have started the season hurt like Alshon Jeffrey's about to do and um, been able to play by week five or six and they had to catch up. So it can be done, but... I think the NFL is trying to present this almost like revolving door scenario where guys are in and out and out and in. And so they pretty much gave a, an extended deadline, not an extended deadline, but you know, the deadline I believe is August 7th, which is a decent amount of days from now 
to be able to decide on whether you're committed or you're not committed. Most, I'm not going to lie to you. This is the worst I've ever felt about the NFL. I just, I don't see this going well. And does it seem like the NFL is just assuming that when it comes ready, that they'll be able to make this work? I just, I don't know if they're doing enough for my liking when this is happening and you're seeing all of these players opt out. Well, I feel like from a legislative standpoint, Hunter, I mean, they've had their talks, they've gone through pages upon pages of health and safety protocols that people must follow. And now it's up to human behavior. You know, if everybody does what they're supposed to do, then there shouldn't be an issue. Even, you know, I wouldn't be discouraged about people being on the COVID list now because you've got six weeks, if not more, before an actual game has to be played. Um, I would, though, be concerned about the idea of is someone going to break protocol and maybe that's what happened with the Marlins. It sure sounds like from reports that that's what happens, right? And and then infect a team and another team because of it. So I, I understand your concern. I think it's too early to draw conclusions. I think I do think the safeguards are in place, as we just talked about. These, these guys are on the list. I mean, they've got some time to test um, negative. And then, uh, I'm sorry, test <laughs> I messed this up. They test negative. I was right the first time. You want them to be testing negative for COVID, correct? Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, that is so, correct. Yeah, hopefully there's time <laughs> to get them. Right. Hopefully there, there's enough time for these guys to get negative tests and then go into, uh, you know, uh, training and join their teammates and get ready. And we'll just see if everybody can follow the protocols. I, I think, the to your point, though, the NFL, I don't think they're blind to the fact that there might be COVID-related issues as the season goes on. I just think that they want that product on TV. They want that TV money. And if it means that, you know, on uh, Monday night there's a game between two interesting teams and yet, half, you know, one-third of the team is, is backups and the other one, then the NFL is going to say, hey, that's our product. That's, that's, that's the, what we're trying to do. So um, as long as they can fill the team and, and, you know, the extended practice squads are going to help in that regard, then I think their viewpoint is let's go full steam ahead. Jeff Mosher joining us here on the Boardwalk on the Hotline on 97.3 ESPN Football and 4, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast, also InsideTheBirds.com. And speaking of Inside the Birds, Jeff, i got to ask you about at InsideTheBirds on Twitter. You guys tweeted out this question that I you put this out there, and if you know, I, if you know me, you know I saw it, and you know I had to ask you about mm-hmm. it. Cut, tag, extend, a new variant of a different game. First of all, I want to know why you chose the other two quarterbacks because your cut, tag, extend designation for each quarterback is Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and Dak Prescott. I'm curious why it was those two you guys specifically picked for this question. Well, it's... it's it's, it makes it more complex because one's already been extended. One is on the franchise tag and having, you know, uh, you know, kind of a contract discussion. And the other one could face that by the end of this year. So um, it, it puts all three. It, it's not like you took three players who were extended, three players who were on the franchise tag. You know, you kind of add these extra variables into it and, you know, you just get the reaction. And they're all three very talented quarterbacks who, in, in quite honestly, have won nothing, right? I mean, none of them have won anything of substantial. I mean, Carson's played two minutes of a playoff game. Uh, Deshaun Watson has won one playoff game, I believe, if I'm correct, against the Bills, right? That was just this 
this last year was his first playoff win. Dak Prescott, yeah. And Watson, too. No, they no, both, uh, they not, both did. No, well, yeah, yeah. And, and Dak's won, I believe, what, one or two playoff games, but nothing of, you know, nothing so right. – he hasn't been very far into the postseason. So, right. so kind of all of that same caliber, and when people do their rankings, they kind of have those guys all around the same group. So we thought it would be an interesting uh, question. It's definitely interesting. I think it's a hot debate around this city all the time when it comes to Carson and Dak specifically. Now, I just want to throw this out there. Lane Johnson did put out a statement, and he did say that he he tested positive but feels strong and ready to go. So it is confirmed that he actually specifically did test positive. Well, there you have it. <laughs> so I go back to what I said about him at the offensive lineman summit. I mean, it, it certainly left him open to any criticism that he might receive uh, if indeed. And I, and I said this, even if he may not have gotten it there, I'm, I'm not making, well, he I'm said he tested, he, he, he continued and said he tested negative mm-hmm. after the travels, including before and after going to that offensive line stuff. Mm. So okay. he's well, putting out know, his again, timeline. Well, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of unknown about how, I don't know if he tested like a day after he came back or how long. Who knows? But either way, I'm sure. Did he? Does it say if he's asymptomatic? He said he feels good. I think that's that's the important part. And hopefully, it stays that way, and he's back with the team uh, in a short time. And that, and that gets to me. What's important about the testing, Jeff? And that is, you know, for all the people who, you know, oh, why do you have to test so much? You got to test so much because one day someone doesn't test positive, and another day they do because. We're finding that so many people now who are asymptomatic are carrying mm-hmm. this COVID. So to me, I think this is one of the important reasons why the players fought with the league about we want testing every day until the numbers come down because we want to make sure that someone isn't showing up. Oh, like baseball, uh, one day tested right. negative, one day tested positive. You can't have that, especially when people are banging into each other a few seconds. Yeah, that is a fair point, and I think it, is, it was a good win for the players to get uh, daily testing. And I know that that's supposed to recede right? eventually in a few weeks to where it's not every day. But you know, they may want to kind of revisit that and say for at least uh, you know three more weeks, we're going to test every single day and and keep it that way in light of what we've seen with baseball. Yeah, because one of the problem with baseball is they, except for the Phillies right now, they're not testing every day as a regular procedure. They're testing every 24 to 48 hours, depending on when the last results of the last test came in. Whereas the NBA, the NHL, the MLS, they're testing every day no matter what. Right, and it's really, it's interesting as we kind of, I, I feel like the bubble teams are, are obviously, they're doing a good job. Right? I think the NBA and the NHL both, both said they had zero tests up in their latest round of testing that nobody has uh, tested positive. So that's a good thing. However, I, I don't think that that just means that any outdoor sport, the way you know NFL is going on or non-bubble sport, is destined and doomed to follow in the footsteps of Major League Baseball. I, I know golf is different and NASCAR is different, but you do have a non-bubble environment where your athletes going from place to place and traveling – um, and, and, you know, doing their thing. And those two leagues have been able to, uh, I guess, yeah, leagues, PGA, if you consider it that way, um, have been able to do their thing with very minimal losses to COVID. So 
I would say that just because baseball and football kind of have a similar format going on doesn't mean that the NFL is doomed to follow in baseball's footsteps. He's Jeff Mosher, co-host of the Inside the Birds podcast. Again, go check out the Inside the Birds at Inside Birds Twitter because I I love this question you guys put up. I encourage everybody to go check it out at Inside Birds. The cut, tag, or extend between Wentz, Watson, Prescott. I'm sure you and Adam will be talking about in the next edition of the Inside the Birds podcast. Everything that's going on with the Eagles drops again tomorrow morning, correct? That is correct. 6 a.m. Thursday morning. Going to have some stuff on. Uh, you know, the Eagles still have one more player to cut as far as for roster size. Um, we'll talk about this in COVID here, and then we'll get into uh, some of the other areas that we still think the Eagles may need to address and shore up before the start of the season. Inside the Birds podcast, go check it out. Drops tomorrow morning, but you can still, you know, hit that, you know, subscribe button today so you get the alert when it drops tomorrow. So you don't have to wait. You can go do it now. Jeff That's Mosher, right. co-host of the Inside the Birds podcast. Jeff, appreciate all the insight. All right, fellas, talk to you again soon. Josh Ennick filling in for Mike Gill along with Hunter Brody here on 97.3 ESPN. Sports Bash being brought to you by Bennett Chevy. Nobody beats the Bennett Chevy deal. Nobody. Buy new roads at Bennett Chevrolet in Egg Harbor Township or online at BennettChevy.com. Coming up next, Ask Broads and Josh. You can text in 609-403-0973 to get on the conversation. At 973-ESPN, at Bros81, at Josh Hennig on Twitter. Speaking of the 973-ESPN Twitter account, we will update the poll question on the other side. We asked you earlier on in the show... Hunter Brody, when he goes and plays golf with his buddies for fun, they listen to music while they play golf with Bruce. Absolutely. I am not on the music with golf bandwagon, although I felt the best argument made for it today was Jason Fitz. Well, I mean, I was giving similar scenarios as he was laying out. I just think you liked his delivery more, but I was giving you the same message. His explanation was better. Oh, that's ridiculous. So you can go vote at 973 espn are you on the yes golf plus music plus brews bandwagon or no music with golf? At 973 ESPN on Twitter. Ask Bros and Josh next. LeBron is back. It's a two on one to James for the three. Welcome back in the Sports Bass. Josh Hennig filling in for Mike Gell here on 97.3 ESPN. Ask Broads and Josh. Text in 609-403-0973 or at 973-ESPN at Broads81 at Josh Hennig on Twitter. Get into the conversation, Hunter. Absolutely. We got some great questions today for Ask Broads and Josh. But before that, the final 22 teams are ready to get back out on the court, and there is no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, the top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate the return of hoops, DraftKings is giving all users a special odds boost for the first three days of the season. Bet $20 to win $100 on any team of your choosing. All you have to do is sign up and navigate to the promotion tab within the app. 
all users can get a special odds boost to bet $20 to win $100 on a team of your choosing. Use code 973. Don't forget about other great odds and promotions from MMA to basketball and even live betting. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're going to go with this one from Connor, and I like this one. What I love all of them, by the way. That's not like I love this one more than others, but he did go hockey on me. Okay. What are your takeaways from the Flyers game? Did anything stand out to you, Josh? Well, first of all, I love that Carter Hart played two periods and there were no issues. That's always a good sign. Also, you notice there were fewer shots against him than Brian Elliott. So that shows you the defense was also doing their job at limiting a high-powered Penguins team uh, out there. Those are the two initial things that stood out to me. Uh, the third thing I would bring up real quick is I really like the fact that when I saw Gostas Bear on the ice, you could tell he was putting in some extra effort. Like he was saying, I got to be out here. Like even the one time he almost turned the puck over, he hustled his butt off to reset and get the play back on track down the ice. So those are the three things that I would say right there. Yeah, Carter Hart for me was uh, no doubt I needed to make sure that he was going to be okay. You heard about the back spasm so that was something that I was looking at, right? And he looked to be smooth. You mentioned when Brian Elliott came in. I loved what Brian Elliott did. I mean, think about it. You're an older veteran and you're getting thrown into the third period where the Penguins are clearly pushing the pace and the Flyers were on their heels and he did a phenomenal job until that last play by the... uh, it was an offensive zone draw for the Penguins. They got a couple shots on net after the faceoff, and they put in the rebound. But ultimately, he was outstanding. I just love the fact that, you know what, it wasn't the best game out of the Flyers by any means. Keep in mind, it's been four and a half months. It wasn't the best game. They had good moments. They had some tougher moments. But ultimately, they found a way to win. You know, they found a way to win the hockey game. And I think that was what this team was all about in the regular season. It, it wasn't always pretty every night, but the team just continued to win games, and we were questioning how real were they, and they just continued to do it. So here's another example of them just finding a way to do it. Also gets back to what I said, what was it, yesterday, the you and Durso, that I think the Canadians team could beat the Penguins, we just knocked them out anyway. You think so? I think it's a chance. I, I mean, I, I do think there's a chance, but the Jake Gensel coming back thing, that was huge, and you saw their first goal. So speaking of Carter Hart, I think he would want that one back. That first goal was, what, two minutes in. Sidney Crosby drives to the net hard. You got Gensel with a beautiful pass across the ice to Sheary. He put it in. I think Carter Hart would have liked to have that one back, but I thought he was strong in other places. But those are the type of saves, though, that you know he's going to have to make when we're talking about postseason hockey. I mean, you can't have those go in. But you give him the benefit of the doubt for the four and a half months. You give him the benefit of the doubt and the fact that, again, one goal, 11 shots. I think it was just a great effort by everybody on the defensive end as, as a as unit. Absolutely. And I didn't realize this at the time, but Ivan Provorov played like 25 minutes. 25 minutes. In, in a casual exhibition game, the guy's just rocking you 25 minutes. I mean, that is just literally absurd. It looked like Matt Niskanen had some funny quotes today when talking about that. So he was talking about how he's, he's got to keep up as an older guy. He's got to keep up. <laughs> the, the quote here is, the old fart next to him will try to keep up. That's what wow. Matt Niskanen said to the media about Ivan Provorov. <laughs> That's pretty funny. He seems to be a character. A lot of guys, uh, that was from Kevin Durso, by the way, on, on Twitter. A lot of guys uh, really love Matt Niskanen for his leadership in the locker room, but... Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. All right, we'll move on to the next one. 
Kyle asks, are you guys missing the terrible Phillies just as much as me? <laughs> He's not wrong. You know what's funny? We scream, we rant, Vince Velasquez, the bullpen, all of it. It's miserable. How can we do this? But yet, we haven't seen baseball since Sunday, and I'm itching to watch them play again this weekend. Look, the thing with baseball is, and I, I still haven't changed the channel. You know, when you and I are doing shows together, we discuss the television. You know, it's a conversation. Yeah, I point. fight for soccer when there's no other sports. When there's no other sports on, I fight for soccer. But over otherwise, we a usually quiet come broadcast. to some sort of agreement. Absolutely. Well, we have had the A's Rockies game on the entire time. And I have not once reached down. That was a nice base hit. Up that was a nice hit. Side, Look at this. Oh, that, gets a, the third. Yeah, first and Good third. Good base there. running. Yeah. You know, I haven't changed the channel to the hockey yet. I thought by now I would have grabbed the remote and been like, let me put on some exhibition hockey. Well, well, why don't we do that right now, though? Not that I'm not loving this first and third situation, but, you know, it's, it's hockey. I think we should see what's going on. I kind of want to see the, the first and okay. third. Okay. Oh, well, sure. now, now, now we're on the air fighting about the TV channel. You said <laughs> normally we come to an agreement, yet here we are going back and forth about what we should watch. You just lied to the people. Well, I said usually we do. Oh, usually. Okay, fair. Context matters. You did, <laughs> yes. say, you're, you did say usually. But um, So are you trying to say that you're missing the Phillies just as much as uh, Kyle? I, I think I might be because I think I didn't realize – how much I I appreciate watching the game of baseball. Listen, I'm even in a fantasy baseball league. Now, what if you have Marlins players and Phillies players on your team? Well, that was one of my problems. I I have Romuto and Bryce Harper on my team, by the way. And I had to find a catcher to replace Romuto in the lineup. Now, my problem with Harper is, is that I, I, I have an outfield deficiency. So he's kind of just sitting in my lineup getting me zeros every day because... I keep trying to trade Raphael Devers for another team's outfielder, and no one's biting. He's not giving you anything? No one's biting on my trade offers. Well, how many people do you have at third base? Isn't that where he's playing? Yeah, but I have multiple guys who can play third base. Okay, that's what I, I was asking. Two, I have a glut. Okay. I also have Anthony Rendon, but he hasn't been playing. Well, he played. Yeah, he had a digger last night. Right. Well, the other problem is I also have uh, Guriel, who constitutes a... First and a third. Right, right. You know, so, and I have another guy who can play first and third. I have Kike Hernandez, who basically plays everywhere. I draft him every year because you're going to you know, move him up and down your fantasy lineup. He's your go-to guy every year. At oh, all yeah. people. Yeah. Kiki. Yeah. I love that mustache. I know we brought it up last <laughs> time, but that damn mustache is just outstanding. So the point is, yes, I, I didn't realize how much I missed baseball until baseball was back. And I was like... I got to get a fantasy baseball team now, the, you know, the day of opening day. And I watched all the opening day games. And when the Phillies are on, I'm still watching other baseball games. I watched the Dodgers and the Astros last night along with the Sixers game. So I'm like, you know, I didn't realize it. So, yes, I, I am begrudgingly missing the Phillies. I am too. And you, you know what's interesting? We talk about how we can watch all these games and we can watch, you know, these West Coast teams and – Fox Sports games and all that. You know what game I can't ever get into when it's on TV? Mets Braves. I can't enjoy watching. Like, I am a beauty of sportsmen. I've been on the air talking about being a beauty of sportsmen. That's how I enjoy sports. I love the beauty of it. So, you know what? If it's the Cowboys and all that, it is what it is. I love sports. But I can't get into a Braves-Mets game. Really? I know, right? 
Well, the only reason I want both teams to lose. Well, my problem was once it became a blowout in that game, I was like, this is just boring. Well, the blowout factor is in any game ever. Like, if it's a 14 to 2 baseball game, yeah, I I can't tune into that no matter who's playing. But I don't get excited to watch Braves Mets ever. And they're good. Like, look, I love that Braves lineup. I could watch Acuna, Freddie Freeman. I could watch them all day. But if they're playing the Mets, for some reason, I'm out. Interesting. I know. It feels like a Billy Schwein thing. I feel like Billy Schwein wouldn't be able to watch that kind of game either because his rage inside would want both teams to lose so bad. What's the next question, please? (laughs) This is from Mike. And we talked about how Fulte from the Braves is, speaking of the Braves, DFA'd. Do you think that the Phillies should go after him? That's my question. He's saying, don't buy into the faulty hype. I think you have to give it a shot, man. I know he's throwing 91, 92 miles per hour, which is a huge velocity drop. I'm sick and tired of what we've been dealing with, though. You got to give everyone a shot. And you know why? Because this bullpen is so bad. You, If anybody sticks, you got to ride that guy. Well, the thing is, he's going to get an opportunity to start somewhere. So if the Phillies are are making phone calls and saying, yeah, you could be a long reliever guy, I don't think the Phillies are even in play. you got to give him a shot in the starting rotation because I think someone's going to take a chance on him. He, he's been playing meaningful games for the Braves, starting meaningful games for the Braves over the last two seasons. So he's he deserves a chance, but you know, I, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I'm sorry, you can't stick with something you know doesn't work. And if you can add a Spencer Howard and then Fulte could come over and actually be something that can work as a fourth, fifth starter, I mean, come on now. That could change the game if he can be efficient. Yeah, to me, you got to go. You gotta give him a chance. He had a sub-3 RA in 2018. Not just that, but think about all the times he has he is owned the, the entire East. No like doubt there, about it. There was a two-year stretch where people were wondering – is this the best pitcher in the National League East, right? The only thing is, he's lost too much speed, though. Like, there is there sure. is obviously a big dip when it comes to the velocity. It's just such a big difference. But maker. he's not old. He's, he's not old. He's not old at all. I think he can figure it out. I think he can give you some innings. I'm, I want to pull up his split real, real quick because I know versus some of the National League East teams, he's been, like, ridiculous. Well, the question is, is, is he severely hurt? Well, that's another question. That's why you got to bring him in for a physical and find out. Right. Well, I mean, uh, when it comes to, like, the legal side of things, can you DFA someone who's on it? Like, how can you, if you are injured, you have to go on the injured list, which would then play a role into the whole DFA thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. So uh, he's obviously has not been determined or it has not been determined that he is injured at this point. I'm just saying if you're throwing that much slower there has to be some reason for that. By the way, he has a 6-2 record with a 3.39 ERA versus the Marlins. So that means he should start instead of Vince Velasquez immediately. Uh, that just means, hey, worst case scenario, we got someone to pitch against the Marlins for us because right. you know they're our kryptonite. By the way, he has better numbers versus the Phillies than even the Marlins. So, my, you know what my opinion is? Bring him in, see what's up. Because you know what? There's no harm in trying. But I just feel like there's going to be a lot of teams with that same philosophy with him. I don't think it's an easy thing to do. There's going to be a lot of teams out for the the arm. But you don't want to end up in a situation that happened last year. Well, right. With Drew, Keuchel. Drew's, well, look, here's the thing. Keiko's a great example. Last year, they took gambles on Drew Smiley and Jason Vargas. 
But you're telling me you won't go for an opportunity like this? You gotta go for this. You have to. Especially with the Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel situation hanging over your head. You could have had him, and he even called you out for not even giving him a chance. I don't think the Phillies do it, though. My gut feeling says there's no way they do it. Nah, that's horrible. He's Hunter Birdie. I'm Josh. We'll get to more Ask Broads and Josh questions next. ESPN. Along with Hunter Brody, our poll question earlier. So Hunter Brody, sometimes he listens to music while he plays golf. Him, friends, beer, music, golf. Sounds like a phenomenal group of things to do. I'm right? not, Hang out with friends, drink, play golf. I am for all those things except for music. I, I don't understand the music argument behind it. So I'm against music while playing golf. So you have a chance to vote yes or no at 973-ESPN. Current poll results, 55.2% say yes to golf, music, and beer. 44.8% say no music with golf. Keep the votes coming at 973-ESPN on Twitter. Looks like we have some breaking Phillies news. They were scheduled to play the Miami Marlins next week. And it says here on Twitter, and I lost it, of course. So I don't know where it went, but it looks like I'll I'll, I'll play this where you find it. This is breaking news on 97.3 ESPN FM, South Jersey sports leader. Perfect. How's that? Perfect timing. Thank you very much. It says here that Aaron Boone said the Yankees are expected to play four games against the Phillies next week, Monday and Tuesday at home, Wednesday and Thursday in Philadelphia. So instead of playing the Miami Marlins, it looks like that New York Yankees series that they just lost will be played next week. So that really says the Marlins are put on pulse. Well, well, it really says that baseball might be just telling the Marlins to go away for a while. (laughs) Well, that's something that I said in the beginning of the show. I actually think I quoted it and said... Kicked them out of the league. But I didn't right. mean to say kicked them out of the league. I just meant in terms well, of the 60-game well, season. Said, I thought you were about relegation. You know, kick them out of yeah, the league. Yeah, that's this. right. Yeah, you <laughs> thought relegation. They go to AAA and a AAA team comes up. Well, I you just, know, you're, you're a Premier League guy, so maybe you had some theory about, you know, some all-star minor league team could come up and, you know, fill the schedule void. <laughs> I don't think that that would work out good for them at all. But that's big news for the Phillies. It looks like that they're not going to Miami. That was a controversial thing. Should they go to Miami and play the Marlins after this just happened. I like this move. I think it's a smart move by the MLB to step in and do it. And you know what? After this has happened, I'm intrigued by what MLB has been doing to this point, right? They're they're figuring it out. I mean, it's not as if that there's a, a blueprint to do this. It's all trial and error. And to this point, I can say that they have done a pretty decent job at this Marlins situation. Yeah, I think that as long as people learn from their mistakes, that's the positive, right? As long as you're learning from the mistake and getting better, that's the positive. By the way, there was a fight earlier, apparently. Look at this. Whoa. Look at this. Tampa Bay Lightning and the New Jersey Devils getting at it in a 4 nothing game in exhibition? Wow, these playoffs are going to be something else, Josh. Yeah, score is 4 nothing. I know, right? And they're dropping the, dropping the mitts. Now. By the way, Pete Thompson chimes in on our golf question here. Oh, yeah, finally. I He goes, I used to be the no music, no bruise until afterwards, but then so many folks started doing it, and he realized he didn't mind the little tunes as long as he kept the bruise to a few. They actually calmed him down and helped him play better, so he is okay with it. Now, see, I think Pete misunderstood the question a little bit. Well, why? 
because I was never against the Bruce. I was against the music. Yeah, but he says here that he doesn't mind a little bit of tunes. So he realized once he started going tunes that, hey, this might actually be a pretty decent idea. So maybe that's what you need to do. Give it a shot. If we ever play golf again. Yeah. Well, you're anti-do what other people do. Yeah, I'm not much of a follower. It's not a follower, though. If you enjoy it, it doesn't matter. How about this? If you and I play golf, I'll try it. Okay. With some white claws? I prefer beer. No, white claws. Because you're anti for no reason.